Good morning, church. Still kind of laughing about uh, Darren's that visual. Uh, I've sometimes we can probably appreciate that. I know there are times when I, my shirt is buttoned one buttonhole off, and I catch it, and I think, Jess, why, why you could have told me that before I get up in front of everybody. Uh, I remember when I was in in church when I was in high school, and it's a different church than this, and a few rows in front of us, um, I seen a spider crawling up the back of a, an older fellow's um, jacket, and it, I think it was a brown recluse, you know, one of those that get in your closet, and, uh, you know, a few, a few rows removed, I thought, is somebody going to tell him before it gets to the collar, and, uh, you know, everyone was sitting there quiet, like not moving, even though I know they could see it, and finally at the last minute, they brush the spider off the person behind and boy we need that as Christians people who will stand up and, and do something um, before someone is in real life danger um, although I don't know that uh, like Darren was talking in certain situations you need to use some sort of tack um, that's, a, that's a good introduction into what we're going to be talking today um, service. We're going to get serious about serving, about serving God and about serving others. So um, let's pray before we get started. Uh, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity to serve your sheep, to serve your people. God, thank you for the opportunity to learn about your word so that we can tell others about it. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Today we're going to be going through a scripture out of Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, if you want to get there. Um, We're going to be talking about three ways that we can maximize our service to God and others. Those three ways are um, master, motivation, and measure. We're going to discuss um, who our master is, choosing our master. Um, That's the first subject for today. Choose your master. We need to know who our master is before we can serve. It doesn't do any good to fight a battle if you don't know which side you are on. If you don't know your commander, and if you don't know what purpose you are fighting for, everything you will do will be in vain. Now, the text of Galatians chapter 5 and uh, some out of Romans chapter 8 tells us that there are two, uh, two masters that we can serve. The first one is the Holy Spirit. By living in the freedom that the Holy Spirit gives to us, um, we can serve the way Jesus wants us to. And Jesus obtained this freedom. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. The, this verse says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Called to live in this freedom. We talked about freedom not too long ago, a few weeks ago, when Christ uh, gave us the example of new life through the resurrection, through the freedom of death and freedom of sin. Freedom of, one more thing that we're going to discuss today, condemnation. We've been called to live in freedom from condemnation. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 through 34 tells us about this. It says, uh, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? 
If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since He did not spare even His own Son, but gave Him up for all of us, won't He also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us, whom God has chosen for His own? No one, for God Himself has given us right standing with Himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us, who was raised to lie for us, and he is sitting in a place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. We have freedom because of Jesus. And we are called to live in that freedom. And we do that by letting the Holy Spirit guide our lives. Jesus teaches that we are to do as he does, to live as he lives, and to serve how he serves. Our faith is not a dead faith. Our faith is not simply about something that happened 2,000 years ago. Our faith is that and a living life today. It is an active faith that is happening right now. We are called to live in it and to do like Jesus, and to serve. There's a text in Matthew chapter 20 um, where it says, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over the people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus says, even the Son of Man, even the Lord came not to be served, but for service to others. That is why we live new life through the Holy Spirit. So if we are not um, choosing the Holy Spirit as our master, the one we are serving, then what is the other half of this? Well, uh, sometimes, and some people, and probably quite honestly, often we are tempted to serve our sinful nature. Sinful nature. This, this is the choice that does not end well for us we choose to serve our sinful nature. It's satisfying our sinful cravings. And here's what the Apostle Paul says about satisfying our sinful cravings. He says in Galatians chapter 5, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature wants. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. And what are these uh, good intentions? Any idea what those good intentions could be? Well, how about serving others? 
Romans chapter 6, verse 5 through 11, says, Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Here lately, I've been picking some asparagus out of, out of the patch that Jessica and I planted um, years ago when we first moved to our property. And um, this asparagus, uh, it, it, it grows fast, but the grass grows equally as fast. And if you don't keep the grass down, then you won't be able to see the little shoots of asparagus. And you can't pick them um, because they're lost. It's all green. Now, uh, one thing about asparagus is that it likes salt. It likes salt, so you sprinkle salt there, and grass grass doesn't like salt. So the grass will die away. When you feed the asparagus salt, you can get something good out of it. You can find it, and you can pick it. And you know, we, folks, are the salt of the earth, Jesus says, the salt of the world. If we live in the power of the Holy Spirit, if we let the Holy Spirit control our lives instead of our sinful nature, if we be salty enough, then the evil will die away and we can be seen among all of it and used for good. Folks, choose your master today. Now, the second point here is Motivation. We must determine our motivation. Motivation for serving should be love. Faith uh, expresses itself in love. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6 says, What is important is faith expressing itself in love. And that is service. We know that we already discussed we are called to freedom. In the same chapter, in verse 13 through 14, it says that we have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Freedom to serve one another in love. Serve in love. Love should be our motivation to serve. Now, sometimes 
we don't serve out of love. Sometimes uh, we serve because we have to, because it's uh, something that we think we have got to do, that we are forced to do. Uh, we do it begrudgingly. This is something that I have to do, and so I'm going to serve others, I'm going to serve God because, well, it's just what I have to do. That's slavery, folks. Slavery. And it should not be our motivation to serve. Have you ever forced a kid to do something nice for their sibling? Yeah, or to tell them thank you when the other sibling, you know, did something nice for them. It just doesn't work out well. They're like, thank you. Or... When they help the other kid out, they're not giving their 100%. They're actually uh, making the job more difficult when they're forced to do it. They're uh, like a slave, begrudgingly doing it. And You know, Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 13 says, Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. This is never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Did you see some of the words there? Take delight in honoring each other. Uh, serve the Lord enthusiastically. Be ready. Be eager. Oh, that sounds good. But we have selfish tendencies, don't we? Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 15 says, um, But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Oh, we can be awful hard on each other. We can use cause a lot of harm by thinking of ourselves ahead of others. Jesus tells us to put others first. One time the disciples were walking on the road and uh, Jesus asked them what they were talking about as they were walking along and uh, they didn't want to answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. I mean, that would be kind of embarrassing. Jesus has, hey, what were you guys talking about? Well, you know, Peter's like, well, I was, I was telling him that I was stronger. The other guys were like, I'm actually a better student. I think we do this. With kids, it's pretty obvious. When kids are young, they say it out, plain. They'll be discussing with each other, hey, I'm better than you are at math. And the other kid will be, oh, yeah, well, I'm faster. I'm, I'm stronger. And so they say it plain out. But as we grow and become adult, um, it's usually a little more subtle. We try to change our tactics so that it's not so embarrassing or obvious. And to a, the ladies among their group, it might be, well, uh, when when I do this, this this is how I do this sort of thing, and, and I do it like this. 
and, and you know they don't necessarily say I'm better than you are. And us guys say, well, if I was in charge, here's what I would do, and you know it's, I'm better than you. And I'm the best, and we argue about who's the greatest. The rest of this verse, uh, Jesus sat down, called the disciples over to him, and said. Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servants of everyone else. Put them in their place, kind of. Hey, what's your motivation to serve? Is it because Jesus gave you freedom through love? Or are you pretending to love others and thus serving them begrudgingly? The third point for today is that we need to measure, we need to weigh our produce, measure the outcome. Slavery, like we discussed, this turns out a temporary product that ends in destruction and death. And there's a list in the fifth chapter of Galatians Starting with verse 19, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of of God. Strict warning about things that we may be slaves to when we follow our sinful nature. But those things come from the sinful nature. So what what kind of fruit, produce, comes from serving? When we serve, we cultivate and produce the fruit of spirit. That is, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When you serve God, and when you serve others, you are planting seeds that grow this fruit. Not just in the people that you are serving, but you are planting seeds within yourself. When the fruit of the Spirit starts to grow, we begin to live the free life that Jesus calls us to. We must measure our productivity. Are we producing good fruit? Or are we being slaves to the sinful nature? So let's do a little bit of application as far as these uh, points go. Uh, the scripture tells us to honor each other, to value one another. And you know, Jesus did such a good job at this that there's uh, no doubt why um, the scripture tells us that we need to imitate Christ to be just like him because Jesus was really good at it. He was really good at valuing people uh, one at a time, about focusing on them. 
he uh, would pick up the small children and hold them in his lap and look into their eyes and speak to them as meaningless as the other men of that era might think a little child is. He cared about them. He valued them, showed them value. He would touch the sick and the outcast and the people who were possessed by demons. And he spent time with them. He showed them that he valued them, who they were, that they were important. And many of them, the people that he valued, didn't receive any value from anyone else at that point. Nobody cared about them. They all looked down upon these people. And the main ways that Jesus served them was he honored them. He honored the seemingly unhonorable. You know, we need to take delight in doing the work that Jesus did enthusiastically. And that's a mindset, you know. The scripture says to do it with enthusiasm. Uh, I remember uh, one time uh, years ago when uh, I was I was getting ready to preach a sermon in the morning and um, I just didn't feel like I had good enough things to say and I was discouraged about my message and uh, I didn't know what to do and so somebody came up and it was actually Brant and he shook my hand and he asked me how I was doing and I didn't just say good I said well here it is and he gave me a little bit of advice he said fake it until you make it and uh, and it would seem that uh, you know when applied to serving others uh, you know he says we're we're not to pretend to love each other we're to, to really love each other that that doesn't necessarily apply to this but let me tell you what that phrase did for me it gave me just a little bit of encouragement he said fake it until you make it I thought, well you know maybe it's gonna be all right maybe um, God has a plan for this and maybe I'm putting too much of myself in what's going to happen and okay it, it'll it'll be all right Brent has one of those confident personalities you know and so uh, I went ahead and, and um, stepped up and started to preach that sermon and got uh, more confident about it before you know it I was uh, excited about what the Lord was doing now uh, when we serve we need to make sure that we are enthusiastically valuing and serving the other people. It may seem like, oh, we got to reach out to the homeless folk. I'd rather just drive by and not look at them. Or we have to teach the kids at Good News. Oh, you know, that's not exciting. Well, you work yourself up. You start to uh, remind yourself, hey, I need to be enthusiastic about this. I need to be excited about it. And before long, you're actually doing it, and you realize you're doing the work of the Lord, and you're seeing fruits. It's important to walk into it confidently and with an excited mindset. So we need to get in the mindset to serve with enthusiasm. The people you are serving can tell, by the way, if you're going in with a reluctant attitude, uh, they can tell. 
for instance, good news, I use an example, if I am going to teach the junior high kids there and I'm like, but the last thing I want to do is to be in front of these group of 15 junior high kids all being noisy and loud and disrespectful and th they could tell it on my face if I was like, oh. So I have to do it enthusiastically because when someone who doesn't know Jesus sees someone who does know Jesus, then they're going to make an assessment. Do I want to be like that person? And if you're downcast, if you are not enthusiastic, if you are dull and uh, sad, I mean, they're not going to want to be like you. But if you are so excited about life, about what you have that you want to share it with them, then they're like, I want something that that guy has, and they're going to find out that it's Jesus that you have. And so just by being excited about life, you are sharing, sharing the good news of free life in Jesus. That verse in Romans, Romans chapter 12, tells us to rejoice in our confident hope to be patient in trouble. Patient. You know, James says, in the book of James, he says, be slow to speak, slow to become angry, and quick to listen. Sometimes we want to serve others by helping them in the way that we think is best. But we may not know what they really need. And that's probably because we haven't listened to them. We haven't got to know them. And we haven't got to understand the ones that we serve and who they are. And we need to know that they're not always going to be grateful when we serve them. They're not always going to be accepting of what we have to offer. But we serve anyway because it's what Jesus would do. And we must be patient with them, hear what they have to say, care about them, value them, figure out what they need, and then offer it to them the way Jesus would. And this verse says, keep on praying. Keep on praying. Uh, thank you, Danny, for leading us in the Lord's Prayer. It was brought up in a in small, small group. Uh, oh, by the way, our, our small groups are, are now... Um, you've officially graduated from the one-at-a-time small group, if you were part of that. It was a, a success. There were um, more than probably 40 people. We averaged about 10 people per small group. So that's 40 people that went further in their relationship with Christ. Uh, with those, The next go-around for small groups is going to be when school starts, I believe. Uh, more information on that to come. But uh, the... Prayer got brought up there. And you know, uh, Jesus teaches us how to pray. And I think that is so important. When we're going to serve someone, we're going to step in the capacity to offer them something, um, whether it be physical or spiritual, we need to pray before that and pray during that, during that. And we can't go wrong with praying the way Jesus teaches us. You know, he says, hey, number one, Let's uh, recognize that our God is holy, that he is amazing. In our prayer, let's recognize that. And let's get excited 
about his kingdom. Hey, his kingdom is so amazing. Um, boy, it's so exciting that we'll have that in full one day. Oh, and I don't know what heaven is about. I don't know what it's like completely, but boy, wouldn't it be good if it was, uh, if we could make this place here that we're living in kind of like heaven. So let's bring king, the kingdom of heaven to be with us as much as we can. Let's make it look more like heaven. And boy, uh, Lord, I'm going to need some stuff to keep doing what I'm doing, like to serve these people. I'm going to need some food. And so we thank God for our food. We thank God for whatever he gives us to do the job that we need to do. And then Jesus teaches us that, hey, we're still dealing with sins ourselves. We still struggle with that temptation. So we're asking God to forgive us our sins along with those people who may sin against us and the people that we are serving because they struggle with sin as well, and that's why we are actually serving them, is so that we can get the word across, the freedom word, freedom from sin. And um, by the way, uh, we also need to pray that we be guarded against temptation when we are serving people, when we are in those places that may be difficult, maybe places that we've struggled in before. Maybe we were there in that position someone was serving us. So we need to pray and prepare ourselves. Pray that the evil one be defeated because the victory has already been won through Jesus. Prayer is important. And then in verse 13, it says, When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Always be ready. How many of you are ready? Doing like Jesus, serving his people, feeding his sheep, serving others with love. Are you ready for that? Today is the day. Today's the day. It might be the day that Jesus comes back. It might be the day that someone here in Colony gives their life to Jesus. And it might be the day that you decide to take your new life in Christ seriously. Today is the day. Our mission here at Colony Christian Church is to share hope with our community through love and service. Our intention here is to do the Lord's work to show our community that he loves us and them so much that he put himself on the cross so he allowed it to happen and he died so that we could be forgiven of all of our sins. We put our faith in him and he was resurrected so we could live in the new life that only he can offer. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for the opportunity to accept your grace, your mercy. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to spread it to others. Lord, prepare our hearts and our minds so that we may enthusiastically serve your people, God. We understand that you created them all and you want them all to come to you. We have been tasked with going and giving them, with presenting your word to them, your amazing grace. Jesus, uh, for you we work, in your name we pray.